welcome to episode five of the Simple Wedding Podcast. Today's episode is with a very close friend of mine. It's with Adrian Armstrong, my twin, my roommate, my brother, my second shooter for like the past five years until I moved to Ottawa and he's still in, but he's still in Toronto and uh, he started his own company called Adrian Bryan Films and he's doing weddings and yeah so the reason why I wanted to bring Adrian on today's episode is because for the past five years we've shot a lot of weddings together and today it's all about the reception so your reception is the second biggest part of your day and a lot of the time what happens what we found over the years is that there's those receptions that go really that are that are put together very well and by the end of the night people are still dancing they still have that energy and then there's receptions that are not put together very well and they drag on and then there's guests that are leaving midway through your reception you still want them to be there for the dancing but now they're tired so there is a science there is an art to planning your reception and today we're going to go through that but we're just going to give you a good outline on what we recommend as far as planning your reception and when you should do a first dance and when you should do this and when you should do that so I brought Adrian just because he shot with me for the past five years and I kind of want him to touch on certain things as well. Um, And we'll just tell some stories about things that we've seen go good, things that we've seen gone bad and try to help give you guys a better overall understanding on how you can plan a very smooth and good reception. Couldn't have said it better myself. Like that was, there was a point you said there about um, your, your reception can like make or break sometimes when people think back to your wedding. For some reason, they think back to the reception. Even though the ceremony is what it's all about, they think back to, hey, I had so much fun at your reception, right? So I think this is a really good point, and I can't wait to get into this discussion. Let's go. My first key pointer is to do your first dance right after your entrances. The reason why I recommend you do your first dance right after your entrances is because if you do it right after your entrances, everybody's already seated. They were already waiting for you to come in. You come in, you have everyone's attention at that point. They're, they watch you walk in. You have everyone's attention. There's no waiters walking around. If your venue has certain lighting, usually they have that lighting set um, very well at that point in time for your entrance. So um, it would be a seamless transition for the light crew to kind of switch from, you know, you walking in lights to first dance lights. And uh, you pretty much have everyone's attention in the venue on you. And this is good for your photos and your video in the sense that no one's going to be walking in the background of your first dance. I'll tell you so many times I'll have couples who do their first dance like at the second course, essentially. But the problem with when you do that, then you have waiters like walking in the background and you can see them walking in the background while you're having like this intimate moment uh, with your fiance or your partner. Right. So I think if you want that fairy tale looking first dance where it's intimate, it's just you two, no distractions in the background, no kids running on the dance floor. True story. Oh, um, yeah, like that's happened so many times. Yeah. So. You know, you don't want no distractions for your first dance. So I would highly recommend that you do your first dance right after you enter. So you enter and then you guys, like if you want to enter, do a little dance in the center, which is more like upbeat. Then 
wait one second, and then MC will announce, okay, now they're going to share their do their first dance. So within the first 20 minutes of your... Um, your ent- or sorry, the first 20 minutes of your reception, you've done your entrances, you've done your first dance. And then the next thing I'm going to mention as well, right after you do your first dance, this is optional, but this is how I would recommend it. Right after you do your first dance, do the mother-son dance, do the father-daughter dance. Once again, you have everybody's attention. No waiters are going to be walking in the background. When you watch this footage 10, 15 years from now, whether your loved ones are with us or not, and that sounds very morbid, but this is the real. Because I've been in that position already now. My uh, father-in-law had passed away. And this is footage I watch back on now. And the good thing is, is that because they did their first, the the father-daughter dance right after the first dance, there's nobody walking the background. There's no distractions. I can just focus on the two of them. This is why I'd recommend that. Some people may agree or disagree with me, but yeah. Adrian, what do you think? Yeah, you know what? I agree with everything you said, like especially the point about people being in the background. But another thing, and this is one thing I really appreciate about any video, sound. So when you hear the clinking of glasses and dishes and... You know, like you said, children running around and stuff. It really takes away when you have that moment happen right away. Everybody's attention is already on you, like you said, Damien. So it's the greatest time. Another fun little thing that I think you could do, too, is after your entrance, before your entrance. So if you have everyone else enter right before you enter, play something. Um, so if you do like an engagement video, this is why I always suggest like, say someone gives you the option to do a same day edit instead of paying for a same day edit, what you could do is, so say all your bridesmaids and groomsmen walk in, then the lights go dark and then the screen comes on and your engagement video is shown. I'm engaged. And then your name pops up right at the end of the engagement. And then right after, the lights come back on and the DJ goes, or actually, no, no, no. Your name shows up and the DJ goes, okay, everybody, I need y'all to get really loud for Adrian. And Adrian coming up right now. Like, you got to think about, like, like it kind of sets the tone, right? It gets people hyped for your entrance. Like, if you want to increase the energy even more... Play your engagement video right before you enter. I'm not talking about before the entrances. Let your bridesmaids come in. Let your groomsmen come in. And then give you and your fiancé that, like, like monumental, like, epic entrance by having your engagement video play on the screens. And then you guys enter high energy, music, all of that. Lights going off. Then you guys have your first dance. Everyone's going to be so amped and like all the attention is going to be glued to you guys. Not to say you want that attention, but it will be very good for uh, your photos, your video, everything. That moment will be special. Um, I took a course a couple months ago um, and he mentioned the importance of storytelling, right? There's two characters and there's a buildup. Right, it builds up to a climax, and so right before you walk into your reception, everybody's anticipating you coming in. The energy is building, and so when you do your first dance right after your entrance, 
this will create the biggest climax. That's the climax right there. You're within the climax of your story. You are the two characters and the climax of your story is right there. So if you were to say do your dance, like you said, during second course, a meal, whatever, the intensity has died down by that point from your entrance. It's all just gone. And so you have this flat moment. So I think for the sake of, you know, storytelling as well from a videographer standpoint, it's so much better when everybody's standing and the intensity's there and you're slightly nervous but very happy because when you get that on video, you can see it in the bride and groom's face and it's amazing, especially when you shine a spotlight on that. It's great. There's an art to all this. There's there's an art to it all and timing is everything at weddings and kind of everything Adrian just said I would like I think makes a lot of sense even from the standpoint of just even thinking about your wedding. The next thing I'm going to talk about is food time. So after you've done your first dance, had the mother uh, mother son dance, and then the father daughter dance. After all that has happened, then we go to part two of the reception. So the next thing is is going to be if there's any performances, and then speeches. So some people, so depending on the culture and the style of wedding, some cultures will have performances. My suggestion is to do your speeches right at the first course. Start the first speech and then just let the speeches go. Speeches are not people's favorite part of a wedding. I actually like speeches. I feel like the only person that does like speeches, but I like speeches. But most people don't. It's like the most, the one thing people never look forward to when it comes to a wedding reception, no matter how cute you were at the age of five. What I would say with that is get your speeches out. And do them one after another. Do not spread your speeches throughout the night. And I'm talking from the perspective of your guests. Your reception, you invite all these people there. You pay all this money to have them eat food. And you hope that by the end of the night, everyone's dancing. So this is like if you've listened to any other episode I've done, I'm literally just talking about do what is like what you want for your wedding day. And I'm still saying that, but if we're talking from the perspective of you want your reception to be fire, you want people to be dancing and enjoying themselves, this is me giving you that blueprint, okay? So do your speeches one after another during the first course. If you do that, you get them over, you get them done with. People who have speeches will, they've they're kind of still high energy, so they're going to feel more like inclined to like be a little bit quicker. If you get them to do speeches after they've already eaten, then they're kind of have like they're kind of like tired at that point. And then it, the evening just kind of starts to slow down. Once everyone's eaten and stuffed their bellies, like then they're just kind of in like chill, like kind of especially if they've been drinking, then they're totally just kind of everyone's just way too laid back chit chatting. So that's why I'm saying do your speeches right after uh, like when, when the first course starts to come out, do your speeches then. After those speeches are done, they've been sitting down for a long time. So then you want to bring the energy up back in the room. So if you have performances at your wedding, this is when you would want to do it. So if you're going to have any cultural performances, one wedding we went to, they had dancers and then they came in with drums, that kind of thing. So depending on the culture of your wedding, Africans, if you're doing that second entrance, you're looking to do that second entrance with the second dress, this is when I would advise that you do it. So, and same with uh, if you have a Hindu wedding, 
This is when I would advise that you do that second dress uh, change up. If I missed your culture, I'm sorry. This is what I can think of off the top of my head, but this is the perfect time to do it. People are still high energy. And then if you're just having like a special performance, this is when I would advise you do it as well. Because people, some people are sitting, a lot of people will be standing, talking. So if you have something going on in the dance floor, like some sort of performance or something like that, something high energy, um, then people will kind of vibe with this because they're already on their feet and they're, you know, they've had a couple of drinks or, you know, their food is kind of digested. Now they want to party, right? So this is kind of like the warm up, the calm before the storm. And that's another thing. I would say pick and choose what you have as a performance at your wedding. Think about this. You want whatever you choose to have as a performance, you want it to set the mood for the rest of the night. I saw a couple where they had so many performances at their wedding to the point where it was too much. And by the end of the night, it was hard to get people dancing because they had seen so many like performances there they had a dance crew they had um what else did they they had they drummers had a they had a violinist but the violinist was like his stuff was upbeat but i've been to some weddings where they have a violinist and then the violinist is more like very slow i would say if you're gonna have something slow like a violinist depending on what kind of stuff they play and the vibe that they're bringing to the night um they're playing more slow like dinner stuff Get them to play during dinner, maybe. But if they're, like, more upbeat and they're supposed to get people kind of hype for what's to come later on in the night, then I would plan it after the speeches. So try to think about that going in. You kind of have to seduce your guest into, <laughs> oh, oh, this is so good, isn't it? Isn't it so good? That's That's one way to look at it. And I was trying to think of a way to illustrate it, but go ahead. I'm listening. You literally have to seduce your guests and get them interested to the idea of dancing later on in the night. If you plan this to like an art, like an art form, like if you literally map your night out, you'll be good and everybody will be dancing. You'll get the photos you want. You'll get the video you want. But more importantly, you'll get all your guests dancing and that's ultimately what you want. And you'll have um, the experience you want. You'll have that night, the night of your life. There's nothing worse than watching a bride invite 200 guests and there's 30 people on the dance floor by the end of the night because most of them left or most of them got bored and it happens, right? Um, people people come to weddings, they, some, some will just eat their food and leave. But if you plan it out good, you'll get, uh, you'll get the right people dancing on the dance floor by the end of the night. So that's part two. Now we go into part three of the reception so part three of the reception this is pretty much after the speeches after the performance now there's this little window where everyone's like okay what's next so during this window you kind of want to wrap things up so when i say wrap things up you want to wrap up all the essential things that need to get done before the night kind of comes to that moment where um it's party time so the few things that people normally do will be like cake cutting, bouquet toss. Some people still do garter belt. A lot of people don't. So the way I would break it down is like this. So for part three, I would do the cake cutting 
first. Yeah. If you want to formally announce it, you can. I know a lot of couple these days, they don't like to formally announce the cake cutting. So while I, while guests are kind of just mingling and talking with each other, they'll kind of go over in the corner and just kind of do the cake cutting more intimate, more like just to themselves, but not like a, they don't make like a grand attraction out of it. They kind of just go over the photographers there, the video guys there, and they just cut the cake, just the two of them. And it's more like, you know, so I I think whatever way you want to do it is fine. Um, I don't, it's not going to make, honestly, it's not going to make much of a difference whether you announce it or not. Uh, the pictures and video will still come out the same. And it kind of just gets it out of the way, but you still get that quality moment with that person where you guys are cutting your cake for the first time. Another thing I want to mention, make sure you have a knife for cutting the cake. Make sure it's not like a butter knife or something that looks really cheap because it's just not going to look good on your photos and video. So make sure you're, if you have a wedding planner, make sure, or, or the venue, make sure they give you a knife that actually looks decent. It looks ridiculous when you paid like a hundred dollars for a cake and you're cutting it with a butter knife. All right. So, eh? A lot more than that. Sometimes <laughs> make sure you got a nice knife that looks worthy of cutting that cake and that you guys can both hold together to cut the cake. So you want to take the cake, uh, put it on the plate, and then you guys want to feed each other uh, a piece of cake. So feed, depends on how you want to feed each other, who's first, doesn't matter. Um, and then if you want to smash a little bit on, you know, his nose or his face, that's when people normally but do don't that. don't put but... it on her face, bro. Yeah, do not put it on the bride's she face. Spent, is... She spent all morning putting on that makeup. The yeah. least you can do is respect it, you know? That's disrespectful. I mean, that's not an official point, but I'm just saying. Just saying. I, think it's, I think it depends on the relationship. If you guys are goofy, go ahead. But normally, I, yeah, grooms don't, don't. I wouldn't. That makeup, though? Come on, Because then your wedding night might, you might end up sleeping on the couch for your wedding <laughs> night. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's not a good way to spend the night. No, definitely not. Not your wedding night. That's just weird. Oh, with the cake cutting, you mentioned earlier about doesn't really matter if, you know, it's announced or not. I would say the benefits to not announcing it, here's one thing you can keep in mind, is there won't be too many people around the cake cutting, which means if you value, say, like, the photographer getting their shot. Photographers work very well around people. I know a lot of good photographers who do. But they work even better when there's not a crowd and there's not many people with phones and flashes and stuff like that. So I was thinking that could be a pro. But at the same time, your event is not about us getting our video and our photos. It's about you and your day. So if having family around is more important to you, of course, have as many people around. Definitely announce it. Definitely. And... You know, your photographers and videographers will make sure that um, they get what they need to. But it's really up to you. But at the end of the day, um, announce it, don't announce it. It's Think about what I just said and then maybe decide whether you want to announce it or not. But that's not a huge point, just a side point. Okay, so after the cake cutting, then you want to do the bouquet toss. Obviously, you're going to announce the bouquet toss or else you just be tossing a bouquet at the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> so announce the bouquet toss that gets everybody worked up oh, I'm a dj lady. will probably oh, yeah exactly dj will probably play single ladies i'm just making that prediction you know just 
Just throwing that out there. That's probably what he's going to play. It always happens. It's it like, always happens. What other song and are you going to play? There's other songs, but they just they just always put that that's song. That's a so. classic. Respect the Queen, bro. And then uh, Genuine's Pony goes on, and then uh, the Garter Belt happens. Oh, so God. if you still do Garter Belt, um, yeah, just do that right after the bouquet, bouquet toss. Uh, the energy will still be high. Everyone's kind of into it. Everyone's had a few drinks. Their food is digested. They're ready for all of this. They're ready for all the madness that's about to ensue. They're ready for all that high energy stuff that's about to go down. So, bouquet toss, garter belt, and then... So, I kind of had it in my notes about a party starter game. Um, If you're not going to do the bouquet bouquet toss and the garter belt and all that stuff, then... If you don't do a, a, a bouquet toss or a garter belt and you need still need some activity to get that energy high, then what I would suggest if, okay, so let's rewind a little bit and imagine you just did your cake cutting and everyone's still kind of sitting or they're standing around, whatever. You get the MC to announce everyone to sit down or to go back to their table. Just say that. You get the MC. He's got to be high energy. He makes or breaks whether this whole part is going to be really good or really corny. I've seen some DJs execute this really well because their energy is there. They're able to hype up a crowd. They're able to get a crowd interested. Then I've seen some MCs who are not as enthusiastic and it shows uh, when they start announcing like, okay, guys, we're going to play this game here and see who's the best dancer. Like, don't give it away like that. There was this DJ at this yeah. wedding, and he had an insane amount of energy. He actually um, left the DJ booth and ran on the dance floor yeah. and got involved. Like he I was, think he, I think he had, okay, I think he did the whole table thing, right? But then he had um, the people in the center kind of do like a dance battle. So yeah, party starter games. I'm going to actually do a future episode on this in more detail about party starter games that you can do. But for now, we're just going to say if you don't do a bouquet toss and a garter belt toss and you still need something to get that energy going, then we would suggest doing a party starter game. When you're picking a DJ, try to see them almost as, you know, they're, are they a good DJ, but are they a good hype man? Will they entertain your guest When the time, like they're not, there's not many times where they're going to have to do something like that. But when it comes to the time where they have to announce stuff, what's their energy like? I love music. I'm very passionate about music. And I love when MCs and DJs are into what they're doing. It's kind of like me as your videographer. If I come to your wedding and I'm not into what I'm doing and my passion is not there, you're going to know. It's going to reflect in how I treat you throughout the day. And it's going to reflect in the end um, how above and beyond I'm going to go to make your wedding video really good. And I would say when picking a DJ, look at that too, you know. Um, when you pick your DJ, are you talking to them personally? Or are they being like contracted out? Because if they're being like contracted out and you don't have direct communication with them, um, it's going to reflect in, you know, how they play music. Are they even going to listen to the crowd? Or are they just playing like a list from A to Z of Bruno Mars, Ed Sheeran and Beyonce? Like, is that it? Or are they actually going to listen to your wants and needs? So these are the, th- these are the reasons why I think, um, When you're picking your DJ, really study how they are, how they treat you, how they communicate with you, and if they listen to your needs, and if they have good energy. 
uh, because I think it's super important to have a DJ that will look out for you and is going to treat you good um, because your reception is really important and your DJ can make or break that point of your wedding. So um, honestly, the DJ is not me, but I'd say it's not our cheaping out on a DJ. Uh, I would just find a DJ that is passionate about your wedding and that um, is attentive and wants to hear what you have to say about what you expect rather than just like they're just going to play this random playlist. So that's what I would say um, if you really want to get in depth with it. Some people are not big on DJs or they just don't care that much about DJs. But uh, if you want my 411 on what to ask a DJ, I don't think it's a matter of what you ask them. Just kind of get a vibe. See if you guys click. And if you click, then that's a good sign. Another option that you have, and Adrian, I'm sure you can touch on this too, is bands. So Adrian and I have been to a few weddings where they don't have a DJ and they have a live band. So I'll be the first to say, like, it's not for everybody, um, depending on what your music tastes are. Um, some people work, some people doesn't. I would say it's a nice, it's it's different, and it's different when you have a live band because the energy is different. It's live music. For the most part, they will play a lot of top 40 music, um, some oldies that you'll remember, that kind of thing. I'm a fan of ba- uh, of live bands. I just find like, you know, they're only going to play so many things. What do you think, Adrian? Yeah, live bands are awesome. I mean, if you love music, it's just a given. I've thought about doing it when I get married, like having a live band because I just love guitars. I love drums. I love piano, everything. The thing is, too, when you're at a live show, you connect with the performer easier like you connect with the music the drums just hit different the guitar you feel it you hear you don't just hear it you feel it so that's another thing to think about it's very hard for people to not get up and dance when there is a performer because you don't naturally people just don't want to make the person on stage feel awkward like oh you know i should i feel bad walking right past them like they're going to dance it's almost like a respect thing um i'm not saying this always happens i'm just saying i've seen it happen Uh, Another thought about bands is they play, you know, like you were saying, like Top 40, some disco stuff, some oldies, and it's crowd pleaser. Like, grandma and grandpa are going to get up and dance if they can, but also, you know, the little kids are going to dance too because they're crowd pleasers. You don't have to worry about, you know, if you have like a conservative crowd, you don't have to worry about some raunchy songs coming on. You actually might get more people dancing, but... I don't know, it all depends. This isn't a surefire thing, but I find I connect more with live music than I do with just something played over a CD or an MP3. I'll be honest, if I'm speaking personally, for me, I'm definitely going to have to have a DJ. My music tastes are very all over the place, so for me, it's going to have to be a DJ. I'm just going to have to make sure the bass is amazing so that you actually (laughs) feel it (laughs) but yeah for me it's definitely going to be a dj i did speak to a friend of mine who is a dj and he was kind of saying one thing and this is one tip i'm going to give you guys where you position your dj is super important a lot of people what they seem to do is they have their venue they have their head table say north And then they have the DJ literally south. (laughs) Okay, so the problem with that, depending on where the dance floor is, I'll say that. 
make sure the DJ booth is somewhere near the dance floor and not super far away from the dance floor. If you have the DJ booth super far away from the dance floor, what's going to happen is whoever's sitting next to the DJ booth is going to get their ears blown out. And then whoever is really far away is not going to be able to hear the music. So I would highly suggest that you make sure that the DJ booth is set up. If you're, if you're mapping it out, say your head table's north. So north, east, south, west. You kind of have your DJ either on the west side or the east side so that he's kind of in between the front of the room and in between the back of the room. That way, the, the sound distributes evenly. And then when the dancing actually happens throughout the night, he's kind of in the center of, not the center of the dance floor, but if he's on the west side of the dance floor, he's got the north and the south covered of the dance floor. And no one's getting, like everyone who's dancing is going to feel the bass and be able to cure the music well. So when you're placing your DJ, think about that. The sound needs to distribute and bounce off the walls a certain way. So if you have him on the west or the east side, then everyone's going to hear that music evenly. You're not going to have nobody at the venue complaining that the music's too loud when, you know. So depending on how big your venue is, I would definitely consider that. Your reception, it is your reception. So if there are things maybe that are traditional that you don't really want to do, don't ever feel like you have to. I went to a wedding where they didn't do entrances and I was kind of like, wait, what? No entrances? And I'd never seen that before, but they just didn't want to. And I didn't understand why, but you know what? It's one of the best receptions I've been to. Like when the dancing actually happened, when the energy was supposed to be popping, it was. So it's not to say they were boring people. They just didn't want it. I've seen Damien, you and I have seen people not cut cakes or if they cut cakes, they do something else. They do, they cut muffins or not muffins what do you call those cupcakes cupcakes yeah <laughs> yeah they cut cupcakes right um or some people didn't want speeches at all or customize it make it your own because at the end of the day the reception is your reception it can be whatever you want it to be okay so when it comes to ending your reception um, you can do it in a few different ways and I would say one of my most favorite way uh, one of the, my favorite ways to end your reception is to do a sparkler send-off. So you get people to line up on the left side. You could do this, usually you do this outside. So you get people to line up on the left side and the right side. You get everyone to have sparklers and then you and your fiance, or sorry, not at this point, you're not, he's not a fiance no more. You and your husband, say it with me, husband, are going to run out. You guys will kind of just jog through I guess, like this little arc of people with sparklers in their hand. He spins you around a couple of times. You guys kiss and then you run through. And then if you want to take it to a whole other level, then you would get you could get in a car and then drive off. It looks cool on video. You get nice photos out of it. You'll definitely get nice photos out of a sparkler exit. That's always fun doing that. I know Adrian, you just did that recently and it, and you went went pretty well. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely a lot of fun and I actually I was supposed to leave by that point. Um, but someone said, "Hey, we're doing a sparkler exit at the night at the end of the night actually." And I said, "Are you serious?" 
And I knew I wanted to get that. I'm like, I don't even care. Like, I'm staying for that. So I said, hey, you guys, I want to get that. So make sure you let me know. And it ended up being my favorite shot of the whole night. Because it's just, again, like, everybody was in such a good mood. They're happy. Everybody's de-stressed. So I think it's a great way to end the night. If you can't do it, like, if your videographer or photographer can't stay because you've run out of hours, maybe stop the dancing for a bit and then do it and then come back in and don't worry don't think oh it's going to destroy the dancing like it actually might get everybody pumped up again because that's what happened here is that we we went outside we did it and then we they went right back into dancing and they were still very energetic if not more energetic so it could be a nice again pick me up again if the if you're finding the dancing's kind of sinking low this might bring it back up one thing I'll say too is that I know a lot of people feel like for a sparkler entrance you need like 50 people. I'm just going to let you know that I've done exits like that with literally 10 people on each side and it still looks epic. You don't need a whole lot of people to do a sparkler exit. So if you don't want to interrupt the night of dancing to do that, then you don't need to. By the end of the night, you'll have at least 20 people, 30 people that are willing to kind of stay, stick around. It doesn't need to be at the very end of the night, but say say your night ends at like 1 or 12, uh, do it at like 10.30. And that way you still have like, a, like at least 30 people, and that's more than enough people to do it. It's just when you run through, um, I guess, the, the two lines, when you run through, make sure that you guys run at a reasonable pace for your video it might end up, it's probably going to end up in slow motion anyway so it's going to look it's going to be more than enough time for your videographer to capture that and for photos everything's a still in time so we're not going to be able to notice that there wasn't like a hundred people for your sparkler exit and to be honest it would be way too hard to coordinate with that many people anyway so you know, 30 people, 20 to 30 people is more than enough people to coordinate like a sparkler entrance and to make it smooth. So that's my my pro tip when it comes to a sparkler exit. So yeah, guys, uh, that's pretty much our two cents on uh, wedding receptions. Um, hopefully it helped you guys. Hopefully you got... Hopefully you got some value from everything that we talked about. If you guys have any questions about your wedding reception, uh, just like from a more personal standpoint... Um, send me a message and I can get back to you. And yeah, so Adrian, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for taking the time just to sit down and talk. We got to do this again eventually at some point in time. So we're probably going to do another episode when it comes to receptions, just because you, we were touching on different things within the topic that we were already talking about but we were like no that has to be a separate episode because it's just there's so much more detail that we could go into with certain things but we don't want to overwhelm you so that's why we're just keeping like I just said we've been recording for an hour and it's probably going to be way shorter than this just because I want to keep these episodes to the point easy to digest and I don't want to blurb about random things because um, that is the worst thing when you're listening to a podcast, especially if you're trying to take notes. So I want to keep this clean, concise, and to the point. So I hope you, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you thought. Let me know what you thought. Leave a comment, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff, and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Happy wedding planning.